She's a small wonder. I'd like you both to meet Vicky. A child unlike other girls. And that's a real kid, right? No, no, it's a robot. Made of plastic. Microchips here and there. You're my voice input child identical. The ICI, I, I pronounce it Vicky. everybody, Angela Bowen here, the host of She's a Small Wonder, a small wonder podcast. <laughs> so today, I am bringing you hopefully a better episode than the one I did in August, because that was utter garbage, hot, fucking stinky garbage. Dream sequence. Oh. <laughs> so yeah, I'm talking about season two, episode nine today, which is Pop Pop Paula. Sounds like a straight up after school special episode, which I am fine a hundred percent with this. This is fine. Anything would be better than uh last month's episode. <laughs> uh yeah, November eighth, nineteen eighty six is when it aired. It's got an eight point three out of ten based on 14 ratings. All right. Jamie is assigned to tutor a girl who's... Why in the hell is Jamie being assigned to tutor anyone? Because he is not the best student at all. He's not even a, like an average student. He is just not great at all. <laughs> but um, apparently the girl who stutters, apparently what, she needs a tutor? Why? Because she stutters? That's not... Uh, we'll, we'll find out, guys. We'll find out. Like I said... I'm seeing these episodes for the first time. I'm not, If I saw this, it would have been like when I was eight years old when it was in reruns. So we have guest stars. We have uh, bah, 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 bah. Harriet. Oh, we got a couple. <laughs> so, Emma, of course, Harriet's played by Emily Schulman. We have Paula played by Emily Moultrie. I want to see if she's been in anything I would recognize so I can know who I'm. She uh, was in an episode of Joni Love Chachi in 82. Cagney and Lacey. Something called Going Bananas. Is there a show that had a monkey? Roxana Banana is an orangutan that escaped from the zoo and was adopted by the Cole family. One night a mysterious spaceship <laughs> what? comes down from the sky and endows Roxana with superpowers via a lightning bolt. Roxana is pursued by... Okay. Whoa. That... Who is that dude? James Avery was in this show? Interesting. Interesting. Weird, but the 80s had a lot of weird sitcoms. But that one takes the cake. That one there takes the cake. Uh, she was this actress. This also an uh, episode of The Berenstain Bears, CBS Story break and something from 2003 called Casualty, I guess a TV series. Okay. Let's see. We got Miss Finley, so I'm guessing is this a regular teacher? Because I thought eventually Joan takes over teaching Jamie's class, like, for the rest of the show, but maybe not. Unless she's the principal, I don't know. This lady looks like someone I would recognize in something. Uh, no. Wait. Oh, well, yeah, no wonder I thought she was familiar. 
She played an episode of Different Strokes. Uh, <laughs> Mrs. Preston? So I'm guessing maybe this might be um, Paula's mom, maybe? Paula Preston? Bobby hurt back as Funny Bunny and Delivery Man and Mailman. Okay. Quite a few guest stars. This episode was directed by Bob Claver. Writers Lawrence H. Levy, was, this episode was written by, as well as Howard Leeds, the creator, Warren S. Murray, executive story editor, and Bruce Kane, executive story editor. All right, let's see if there's any user reviews. Oh, there is one. Um, this might be one that really goes into spoilers. And like I said, I don't watch the episodes at a time, so I just like to be surprised. All right, so if you're looking for where I can listen to the podcast, it's under the Looking Back on My Wonder Years and Wonder Years podcast banner. So go to iTunes, go to your Apple Podcast app, search Wonder Years, and you will find the episodes. I started season one a couple years ago. I'm This is basically just a monthly podcast, so... Yeah, uh, the podcast also does have a Facebook page. Just go to She's a Small Wonder or Small Wonder Podcast. The podcast page will pop up. I am doing these episodes in chronological order. That's why I said I've been doing the podcast for over two years because it's a monthly podcast. There's about 24 episodes a season. It takes me two years to finish season, so... I'm, I'm honestly, like I said, after that shitstorm episode of Called Who's the Boss, which was basically, hands down, a 90% dream sequence, 10% episode, this is a welcome relief. I don't care if it's, it feels after school especially, it just, this is what I want. Let's jump right into it. So we kick off this episode, Vicky is in the living room watching Funny Bunny on the television, and he's telling kids, don't let that mailbox out of your sight. So of course, Vicky turns off the TV and takes that literally, so my guess is she's going to go outside, get the mailbox, and bring it in so that way she can keep an eye on it. I sent out tickets for you to come and see your old pal Funny Bunny in person right here at the old Bunny Hutch. So don't let you This guy looks like a fucking sight. pervert. Wow! Goodbye, boys and girls! Don't let the mailbox out of my sight. Well, we'll see how well they go. Yeah, there she goes. Bye! Going to get the mailbox. Oh, sure. Just thought it'd be nice to go to the driving range, hit a bucket of balls before dinner. Must be nice that he can do that and just leave her early. Honey, I, uh, I meant me. You don't play golf. Of course, the guys you play with, that never stopped you. Boy, you know how to hurt a guy. I'm just teasing. You know, it is about time that I learned how to play. Instead of me being a golf widow, it would give us an activity that we could do together. A golf widow. I thought we already had one. <laughs> okay, yeah, no dry humping at well, the, honey, in the I kitchen. I would love for you to learn 
but if I started playing golf with you, I'd have to break out my regular foursome. Boy, those guys would be really disappointed. Sure, you couldn't have a good old time making jokes about your wives anymore. I do not make those kind of jokes. What kind? Well, like the one about the wife who goes to the doctor, and the doctor says, I think you have an ulcer. She says, I think I'd like a second opinion. He says, all right, you're ugly, too. <laughs> what the fuck? Your joke is not funny, man. Heard it, huh? <laughs> Sorry, I brought up the whole thing. I just thought it'd be nice for a change. But what the hell is that? A giant-ass sponge? Well, Joni, if you're really serious about this, Saturday morning, we'll go to the driving range for your very first golf lesson. Oh, wonderful! 7.30 sharp. I think that's a little too sharp. How about noon? Oh, it's even better. Give you the whole morning to change your mind. Ted, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to change my mind. Well, who left the front door open? I don't know. Vicky was in here watching television. Oh. <laughs> oh my gosh, you ripped it right out of the ground. Damn, girl. How much of that thing weigh? Okay, but Bunny Bunny isn't going to like it. Bunny Bunny? Well, he's this cartoon fellow on television. He wears big ears and twitches his nose and hops around. Uh. Like this. Dude, I'll rent you out on Easter. So, yeah, like I said, the episode opens with Vicky sitting on the couch watching TV. She's watching this guy who's dressed in a bunny suit and I just, I remember watching something uh, if you've seen on YouTube, the Nostalgia Critic, where he goes through, you know, commercials from the 80s and 90s there'd always be these 1-800 numbers where there'd be a puppet show or someone dressed, in, man dressed in a costume and they just sounded they looked and acted like fucking pedophiles and this man in this fucking Easter rabbit costume is no damn different and he's telling kids to like send in their name and number or whatever and I'll send you a prize I'm thinking this is disgusting or, or their address send their address and I'll send something to you I'm like ew this, it's fucking gross Oh, yeah, he says, I've sent out tickets for you to come and see your pal Funny Bunny. And it's a guy in a white bunny costume. It's not even a good costume. It's really, it's utter garbage. I've seen better. I've seen a lot better. His face isn't even covered. He's got, like, a little red nose. He's got some wire whiskers and little buck teeth and it's just ugh. so he tells the children to uh wait by their mailbox because he's sending something to them and then or don't let your mailbox out of your sight or whatever and vicky of course she takes this literally because she runs out she goes outside and you just hear the front rip and of course she's holding the mailbox that still's got dirt and stuff 
Because she ripped it literally right out of the ground. You don't see it. I mean, you see her when she brings it in, but my gosh. Okay. Ted's job, we don't, I don't know how many years he's been working there, but he's got such clout. He's got such leeway that he can just leave work early because he wants to go to the golf driving range and shoot a bucket of balls. Like, wow, that's, I mean, any job where you can just like, ah, I'm going to cut out early and go to the golf driving range. What the? Wow, that's a job, all right. I mean, like I said, I don't know how much time he's put in at this place that he can just do that. Because even Joan, who looks like she's getting ready to start making dinner, because it's a whole process, you know. She's surprised, like, oh, wow, you're home early. Uh, did anything happen at work? Like, you didn't get fired, did you? You didn't quit, right? He's like, oh, no, 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 nothing like that, of course. Just wanted to, uh... So, yeah, he's like, I thought I'd just, you know, hit a couple, you know, a bucket of balls before dinner and all that stuff, work on his swing, I guess, because we know that Ted is, he's big into golf. He basically stood Jamie up at going to a father-son picnic so he could golf with some big shot dude who's like the next fucking Tiger Woods. That's how important golf is to him. They would skip out on hanging out with his kid. Ugh. And now he's like, well, Joan thinks, oh, yeah, I wouldn't mind doing that too. You know, I could go with you. And he's like, oh, honey, you don't play golf. And then he starts, this whole sexist thing about how all oh, women, ladies don't play golf and this and that. And it's like, that doesn't mean that she can't learn. I mean, fuck. I mean, if Jeremy didn't have a bad shoulder, I'm sure we could go out and play golf or miniature golf or something. I mean, uh, when we were dating, we used to go bowling. And now, I mean, he can't do that because he's got a fucked up shoulder. It's like arthritis or something in his shoulder. I mean, he's 46, but still, I don't know. I mean, it's not like we couldn't, like, hook up the Wii and do the bowling on that or the golfing on that, but I mean, it's not the same as, like, going to a bowling alley or going to a golfing range, which, I don't, I, my dad was big into golf, and occasionally I would go with him and i get to, you know, drive the golf cart. I actually <laughs> one time ran over my uncle's foot. They were just, my dad, my uncle, and, like, a friend of theirs were just talking, and I guess I, the thing was, the golf cart was on, I, like, just put my foot on the accelerator, and it just moved a little bit, but that was enough to, like, run over my uncle's foot, and I felt so, so horrible. I was, like, nine or ten at the time when that happened. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, she's like, hey, that sounds like a great idea. Count me in. And he's like, oh, honey, no, I was referring to myself. You don't play golf. And I love how Joan comes back with this clap back. Like, well, according to the guys that you play with, neither do you. <laughs> he's just, he's being a sexist jerk. But then again, I mean, this was typical male behavior of TV husbands in the 80s. Where like, oh, my wife shouldn't do anything but cook and clean and take care of a house and take care of the kids. They don't have outside interests. Especially not something that I would enjoy doing, like playing golf or bowling or 
whatever else. <laughs> and then I act all butthurt, like, oh, you really know how to hurt a guy. And she's like, oh, honey, I'm just teasing you. I love Joan's outfit here. What she's wearing is a, a pink long sleeve button up shirt. But I love the scarf that she's wearing. It's got like a, a plaid pattern with like um a fuchsia-ish color pink with like light blue, like almost a sky blue and maybe a little bit of purple. It's, it's, I, I just, I love the scarf. It goes great with her, her shirt. So, and, and Joan, you know, she's keeping on about the golfing. You know, I would really like to learn how to play, you know, instead of being a golf widow, which I don't get that reference. She's like, maybe it's something we could do together. It's like, yeah, honestly, couples should do activities together. Aside from sex. Yes, and of course, sex is on Ted's mind. Because she's like, oh, I thought it'd be an activity we could do together. And he's like, oh, yeah, I thought we already had that. As he starts, like, rubbing up against her ass. Like, I'm like, I, no dry humping in the kitchen, please. Oh, he's like, honey, if I started playing golf with you, he says something about having to break out his, his foursome, which I'm guessing is a different type of, like, clubs, like beginner's golfer clubs or something. He just doesn't want the guys he golfs with to get wind of, oh, my wife wants to play now. You don't mind if she joins us, do you? That makes him seem less manly to the guys he golfs with because his wife wants to join in and learn how to golf. It's almost like saying, well, honey, I would, but that's going to cramp my style. Having you along. Yeah, and Joan's like, oh yeah, because if I tagged along, you guys wouldn't be able to make jokes about your wives anymore. And then Ted makes a joke about a woman going to a doctor and asking for a second opinion, and the doctor saying, oh, you're ugly too, or some bullshit like that. Like, fuck off. Yeah, Ted's like, well, I don't make those kinds of jokes. And she's like, oh, what jokes are you referring to? He's like, oh, the one about the lady that goes to a doctor and he tells her she has an ulcer and she says, I'd like a second opinion. He's like, okay, you're ugly too. I'm thinking, fuck you with that stupid joke. And he laughs his ass off like it's the funniest fucking thing. I would have socked him right in the gut if I were Joan. Like, what the hell? She's just looking at him like, do I look like I'm laughing that I find this funny at all? This is, oh my god, this is the biggest sponge. I thought it was like a long block of cheese, but then she starts like wiping her knife on it that she was using to cut up vegetables. Like, it's just this long, dried out sponge. And I'm just like, this sponge is huge. Honestly, you can make three sponges out of that long sponge that she's holding. And it looks like it's dry, like it's not wet or anything. So what exactly can you clean up with that? So yeah, I mean, I get it. Oops, my timer went off. I get it, you know? She's like, I just thought it would be something nice we could do together instead of you running off every weekend without me. It's like, yeah, she's in the house from, like, 8 a.m. until... Well, she's there the whole fucking day unless she's running errands. And then her husband on the weekends is off doing the golfing. It's like, fuck, I don't get to see you! Except for, like, from 5 until the time...
time we go to bed. You know, maybe she would want to outside the house activity with her husband. I mean, fudge. Really? That's why, you know, with my one job, you know, I had weekends off, so Jeremy and I could do stuff. I mean, oh, there. You know, and even really for the last year since he works Monday through Friday, and, you know, he had, you know, weekends off, I wasn't working at the time. We would go out, we would do stuff. Weekends were our time to spend whole days together. Now, I'm working at a job where I get two days off during the week, and my weekends are basically non-existent. So, it's just... It sucks. I'm going to say that right now, adjusting to us having all the time in the world together. Now we have next to zero time together. So I get where Joan's coming from with wanting to uh, have time to spend with her husband outside of the house just doing stuff. You know, that's a thing. You're hanging out with your best friend who you happen to be married to. about this and ted's like all right Joni, if you're really serious about this we'll go down to the driving range for your very first lesson this weekend and she's so excited i really i hope this isn't something that just drops as far as i mean they're putting this much work into talking about golfing together i want to see an end result i really honestly want to see an end result to this I don't want to see it just brush out of the world. Like, oh, yeah, we went. It was horrible. She doesn't want to go anymore or something like that. Come on. Oh, he says 7.30 sharp. So, like, 7.30 in the fucking morning. And she, uh, that's a little too sharp. How about noon? Like, fuck, I ain't getting up before 7 o'clock to go to the damn driving range. Who the hell's, are they even open before 8 a.m.? <laughs> maybe and Ted's like all right that's even better noon's fine I mean that way it gives you all morning to change your mind <laughs> who says she's gonna change your mind he's hoping she does he's just embarrassed about the idea like oh my wife wants to play golf with me none of the other guys that I hang around with none of their wives are wanting to do the whole golf thing Vicky. Vicky Edmund. Well, you don't look too happy. Something happened at school? Yeah. My teacher wants all the kids who are doing okay, like me, to help the kids learn. Well, congratulations. Oh, she's actually a she decent student? I wasn't smart enough to get out of it. <laughs> so who are you going to help? P -p -p Paula Preston. What a dick! What do you mean, Paula? <laughs> she stuttered. Jamie, you know better than to make fun of a person's speech impediments. That's not why the kids make fun of her. It's because she's so stuck up. Oh, so she's a bitch. Two hours every day after school and help her in English. Well, maybe she just acts stuck up because she's embarrassed about her problem. I know I was when I was a kid. Yes. Really? Yeah. I sounded like Daffy Duck. Suffering sucks you. Ted walks into the living room, probably to go to the bedroom so he can change out of his work attire. And Joan's following right behind him saying, I'm not going to change my mind. And then Ted notices the front door is open. Like, what's the front door doing open? And Joan says, well, Vicky was in here. And so all of a sudden they hear this 
noise from outside. Like, oh, shoot, Vicky, like, where is she? Like, she was watching television last time I checked on her. And she comes in having ripped the mailbox, which is still on the pole, with, like, six to, like, ten inches worth of dirt. Which has got to be the remainder of the pole or post of the mailbox. And Ted asks her, like, Vicky, what are you doing? And she says, I'm keeping a close eye on the mailbox, which is what Funny Bunny told her to do. So he tells her, don't ever do that again, as he takes the mailbox, and the thing must weigh a ton, because when he takes it, he's like, oh, as the thing almost topples him to the floor. And Vicky says, okay, but Funny Bunny isn't going to like it. And Ted's like, well, who's Funny Bunny? And Jones says, it's some man that's dressed as a rabbit on television. Cartoon fellow? He's not a cartoon. He's a grown man in a crappy-ass rabbit costume. She says, yeah, he's a man that wears big ears with a twitchy nose, and he hops around, and Vicky demonstrates. Hop, 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 hop. <laughs> and Ted's like, hey, we could rent her out for Easter. Oh, the front of the mailbox door says Lawson on it. Instead of on the side, it says it right on the front in that little space be below where it says U.S. Mail. And here comes Jamie walking in the door from school. Doesn't he normally walk in the back? Wait, I can't remember. So, Jamie's a sad sack. Uh, Ted's like, what's up with you? What's going on? You look like... You got, like, loaded down with a shit ton of homework. And he's like, well, turns out the teacher wants the kids that are doing well in class to help the ones that are not doing well in class. And I'm surprised because I just picture Jamie as one that doesn't give a shit about school, that he's not the best student, but apparently he's a pretty decent average student enough that the teacher is asking him to help out a girl who stutters. Like, I have to help out P P Paula. Joan, right away, it's like, Jamie, don't make fun of someone's speech impediment. And it's like, well, she's kind of a bitch because, you know, the kids make fun of her. I'm thinking, well, that's probably a fucking defense mechanism because the kids are making fun of her speech impediment. And, and Ted, at first, before Ted, or before Jamie lets it drop that, you know, he's got a tutor stuttering Paula... He's like, hey, that's great news, buddy. I mean, that just shows how smart you are. And Jamie just flings himself back into the couch like, well, I wasn't smart enough to get out of it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Joan says, who are you going to help? And he says, Papa -pa Paula Preston. So there's a Mrs. Preston in the cast. So I'm wondering if Jamie sends some snark-ass remark and the girl gets her feelings hurt and goes and tells her mother. And then she shows up at the principal's office demanding an apology. Something to that effect. That's what I'm guessing anyway is going to happen. And Ted can't even like, well, what do you mean, pa 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 paula And Jamie says, well... She stutters. And this is where Joan's like, well, Jamie, don't make it so fun of somebody who's got a speech impediment. And Jamie says, well, that's not be why the kids make fun of her. It's because she's so stuck up. I think there's more to the story than what he's letting on. This is just like the fucking rumor mill of, oh, yeah. Like, she's stuck up. She won't talk to anybody. It's probably because she doesn't because she's afraid of, you know, her, her, her speech impediment probably and probably getting teased and shit. 
But she probably figures the less I talk, the less likely people will hear my stutter. He has to spend two fucking hours every day after school. Two hours? Times five days a week? That's 10 hours a week. That's 40 hours a month. That is a lot of time. How far behind are these kids that they need this much? I, I don't understand. So he's got to help her in English. And yeah, Ted's going exactly how I said. It's like maybe she's stuck up because she's afraid of her, you know, her problem. Maybe she seems that way, but she's not really stuck up. I think that Jamie, this is, like I said, I don't watch these episodes out of them. My guess is, is that there's a whole other side to Paula that Jamie has no idea about. And Ted lets it be known that he had a list. So he's like, I sounded like Daffy Duck. I can't do a Daffy Duck impression. I don't think it's as bad as he was he was saying. Like, I doubt he sounded like... Even on Full House, you know, he had Stephanie in the beginning. Michelle even had a list. That's just little kid stuff. You grow out of it. All right, let's see how this uh, little uh, study session with Paula is going to go. Hey, like I said, I honestly feel like this girl is just misunderstood. I mean, that's got to be it, right? I mean, I don't think she's trying to be a bitch to be a bitch. I don't think she's doing that. I think it's a defense mechanism. And I think Jamie, hopefully this, if this is what I'm thinking, like an after school type special episode in a way, it's like you're, yeah, just learn how to not judge someone based on what other people are saying about them. Like you get to know them. So let's find out. Vicky, uh, come here. Take us put in the hall closet. The hall closet. <laughs> she hops away with a natural clown. Uh. Look at the clown who built her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's with her mom. She looks like a scared little deer. She's scared to death. My husband Ted and Jamie. Hi, Paula. Hello, let's get this thing over with. Whoa, Jamie! What the fuck, you dick? Like, please don't leave me alone with this boy! Can I get you anything? Oh, no, thank you. Well, this is going to take a lot of patience on Jamie's part. She's been to two therapists for her stuttering. I think even Job would have had a difficult time with Paula. Oh, my God. Jamie do his best to help. Yeah, Jamie's a good kid. He's... He's just at that awkward age, right between frustrating and obnoxious. Oh, pretty much. <laughs> so is Paula. We've always had private tutors for her, but this year we decided she ought to learn to mix with other children in public school. Oh, God. Oh, sounds like a good idea. Does it? No, we're not so sure. Her grades are low, and she's not making any friends. Oh, well, this is our daughter, Vicky. Uh, this is Mrs. Preston. She's got a cute little girl about your size. Hello, Mrs. Preston, who has a cute little girl about my size. <laughs> Vicky, I can't help noticing she has a rather unusual way of speaking herself. Oh my gosh. Look, friends, look at that. Okay. She likes Lady Oh, uh, yeah, the, the meeting with Paula so far, I mean, when they opened the door, I didn't expect her mom to be there with her, but Paula just looks like a frightened little bird 
Like, he is scared to death. And then Jamie, who's being a total fucking dick, and even Ted just glares at him, where Jamie's like, come on, let's get this over with. Like, oh, I would, oh my god, that kid. What the fuck is his deal? Like, you don't treat a person like, but then again, I mean, her, her mom just like, all right, you go with Jamie and you learn from him and all that. So she sits down with Ted Joan and she goes on about how they had two therapists for Paula and nothing seems to be helping her stutter. We've normally, it almost seems like they homeschooled her for a while and they thought, well, why don't we just toss her into junior high with, so she can mix with regular kids. Oh, that's a fun fucking idea. Let's make it a thousand times worse. But, and then, yeah, Ted's saying how Jamie's like at that awkward age between annoying and obnoxious. And Paula's mother's like, oh yeah, Paula's that way too. I was like, bitch, why do you stop blaming your daughter almost like this speech impediment is her fucking fault, which it is not. And my God, it's, it's horrible. Her mother is fucking horrible. You know, she's saying how Paula's grades have just really, really slipped since they put her in there. I'm like, I'm not surprised. I am not surprised. Especially in class, it's not just the work that you have to do, but it's the actual, you know, participation part of class that you also get graded on, which that's probably why her grades are down is because she's afraid to speak up because kids are already fucking teasing her. I wouldn't want to fucking speak up either if I were her. Because, I mean, fucking hell. I, I feel bad that she's being treated this way, you know? This poor child. You know, the kids treat her like shit. Her mom is in it much better. I mean, how's her dad? We haven't met her dad. We probably won't. We don't know how he is. Maybe he doesn't even live at home. Who, who knows? Who knows what that situation is? And we don't know if this is something that Paula's had for a long time or whether it's something that just started. I don't know. Let's see how the study session's gonna go with Jamie. I would have called him out on his fucking shit. Big fucking time. So, yeah, what, real quick though, before you get to the study session with Jamie, um, Vicky comes in and Joan's like, hey, Vicky, guess what? Mrs. Preston's got a, a cute little girl about your size. And, of course, Vicky's like, Hi, Mrs. Preston, who has a cute little girl about my size. And then she does a suffer and suck attach. You know, since Ted had said that, mm, my speech impediment, I had a lisp. And then Paula's mom's like, oh, yeah, she's got a little bit of speech impediment, kind of like what Paula has. She was imitating Daffy Duck. Oh, my gosh, this woman. She does not know how to help her child. Mark. Yep. Yep, sir. Twain. Mark Twain. Next question. What's Tom's girlfriend's name? Becky Thatcher. Becky. Thatcher. Yeah. Thatcher. Right. Will you stop finishing my? Really, Jamie? I hate that. 
such a dick. Look, I'm running out of patience with you. Hey. Besides, you know these answers as well as I do. So why aren't you doing better in school? None of your business. Excuse me. Oh, great. Now Harry's going to say some bullshit. What the fuck do you want? Austin, are you cheating on me with another woman? Yes. <laughs> Goodbye. Who is she? I'd introduce you, but you're not staying long enough. Thank you. Get out of the house. Dynasty. stuttering and everything and I'm not going to do it because I think that's just cruel and the fact that he won't even let her complete the sentence he'll just like Twain Mark Twain and he's like Becky Thatcher and it's like and she finally has had enough like stop it let me finish on my own damn and then of course fucking Harriet shows up and Jamie it's like when he, he shut that door he should have locked it because she walks right and like, how is this other woman? Why are you cheating on me? And this and that. And then, of course, she's like, oh, yeah, he's my main man. We're going to get married one day and everything and have children. And <laughs> he's like, no. Yeah, she's like, once Jamie stops fighting it, and I'm thinking he's never going to stop fighting it, Harriet. So, and then Harriet, of course, has to make a stupid-ass remark about, like, oh, at least I didn't have a speech impediment or something. See, now I, now I fucking feel horrible. I know it's a TV episode and she's just a character, but I feel for Paula. I, I really, really do. I just, I feel like she is just misunderstood. People just gave her a chance. I really honestly think that, yeah. 
And then, of course, Vicky comes in. Yeah, because Paula gets pissed off. Like, yeah, she's just like all the other kids. Like, no, Harriet is not. She's just a spoiled pain in the ass. And then Vicky comes in, and, of course, she's just repeating what Paula is saying to her. And Paula's taking offense to it, of course. And then Paula just storms out, which... And then Jamie's like, wait, what? Like, look what you did, Vicky. I'm like, Jamie, you've been on her fucking constantly with the finishing her sentences and, and shit like that and like, oh my gosh, I've had enough to hear I'm so frustrated with you. Like, that is not a helpful tutor. I feel like, thank God her mother ain't paying his ass because I'd be like, I want my fucking money back you stupid little shithead. I, and I'm sorry, oh my gosh. I just, Jamie, I think this is so far right now, this is worst Jamie right now. Unless he unless he, he he tops this where he's even worse. Like, I don't know what exactly could be worse than making fun of someone who has a disability. Alright, let's see how Jamie does in school. Like, I feel bad if they call on Paula and it's just... We gotta see what the school aspect is and how this teacher handles Paula's disability. She's not doing right. Okay. Does she not know that Paula has a stutter? Like why doesn't she talk Paula. to Paula? Yesterday you moved that book backwards. Why didn't you give your report? Leave me alone. Wait. You heard what Miss Finley said. You keep this up and you're gonna flunk. That's the idea. So, Jamie gives, <clears throat> excuse me, gives me a report on Moby Dick, and he said, it's not just about a fish, it's about life also, or something. And, of course, he's trying to schmooze the teacher, like, oh, yeah, give me an A+. And, good grief. You know, and then Paula, it's her turn, and she says, I'm not done. And the teacher says, you know, if you don't do this, this is your fifth incomplete. I'm going to have to fail you. A, why would you tell that to a student in front of the whole class? I think it's, like, kind of like you need to have a one-on-one -on -one after class is dismissed and find out what is going on. Because it almost sounds like she doesn't even know that Paula has a stutter. She, I mean, and she's probably just saying, like, the child just isn't doing her work. She doesn't want to. It's like, well, you're not finding out the reason. Like, there's clearly some, I mean, if I, if, I mean, and, and this is her fifth time. I mean, even after the first or second time, like, okay, sweetie, we do have to have a sit down and kind of find out what's going on. 
And even Paula's mom says you took her to two therapists, and it's just like her stuttering's not helping. Well, like, then those people are not doing their job. Because something is going on, and she needs help. And I really hope that this isn't an episode where they just brush the matter under, like, oh, don't worry, she's getting help somehow, or something to that. Like, no... And Jamie actually is concerned. He's like, look, I was with you yesterday. You knew that book backwards and forwards. Why aren't you giving your report? And she's like, leave me alone. And he's like, you're gonna fail. And she's like, well, that's my problem then, isn't it? And then she leaves. So he knows she stutters. The kids know she stutters. Does the teacher know? School systems in the 80s, I fucking tell ya. I'm surprised she didn't get regulated to special ed or something like that, dude. I mean, I'm just, it seems like they would throw anyone that has any type of impediment, any disability of any kind, or a problem case into special ed. And I would know because I was there through all of my school years and saw a lot of kids coming through that more than likely really didn't need to be there, especially the ones that teachers couldn't handle because they were a disciplinary case or something to that effect and they're just disrupting the class like well something special ed even though there's nothing wrong with you or you don't need it there was when jamie is walking down the hall of the school there's like three or four kids like in a corner I don't know why, but I felt like they were there to, like, antagonize Jamie. Or, like, oh, my gosh, how's it going with Paula? And, you know, this shit. And, like, make them... No, they weren't. They were just there. So now we get back to the house. And Joan looking absolutely gorgeous. I mean, she looks hot. I mean, definitely. In her <laughs> typical lady golf attire she's got the visor it's kind of like a a light pinkish white and she's got a matching polo underneath a a v-neck sweater which is kind of like a a baby blue color she's got a plaid skirt i like how her socks also match her polo top and her visor and she's got (laughs) i don't know what type of is this a is this a putter i can't remember it's been so long and ted is just hanging out on the couch reading a magazine she probably just wants to get some practice in like practice her swing oh let me guess just another excuse for him to come up behind her and rub against her. Uh-huh. Like, here, let me show you how it's done, honey. As <laughs> I rub up against you from behind. Unless he's kind of like, oh, you still want to do that? Oh, great. I was hoping you would have decided not to. Like, eh, I don't want to do it anymore. Nope, she, I mean, she went the whole way, the whole nine yards with getting dressed up in her golf, female golf attire. I mean, if you go to the trouble to get all dressed up in that type of, you know, golf, it's like, you're not, like, you're doing it. You're, you're going, you're doing the, you're golfing. Hey, uh, you like my new golf outfit, huh? Would you buy it? I bet he do. Oh, of course. Like, oh. 
Saturday, but since I'm all dressed for it, how about a few preliminary pointers? Oh. All right, all right. <clears throat> okay, stand up. Show me the golfer's stance. How's this? You're too damn stiff. Yeah, you're stiff. What the hell? He is getting so turned on by watching her. I'm not committed. Yeah, I know it. Hi. What are you doing? Dry humping. Giving mom a golf lesson? I bet. Is that what they call it? <laughs> you knew. <laughs> that with her wearing that. And he's like pulling her down on his lap. He's like, okay, here, show me the stance. And, you know, she's getting in, into the groove and everything. And, of course, by her moving her, it's like he's right standing right behind her. It's like, okay, yeah, that's getting his mojo working, clearly. And it, did I call it or what? Where it's like, you know that he's going to start like, oh, here, let me show you some pointers, honey. As he's rubbing up against her and right as Jamie walks in. And he's looking at him like, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, I'm just giving your mom some golf pointers. As he, like, stands, like, six feet away from her and just, he mimics the movement of how you would, you know, use the golf club to hit the ball and shit like that. And the thing is, it's like, she's like, I know my golf lesson isn't until Saturday, but I just, I... She probably went to some golf pro shop, like, hey, I want to get some golf attire. My husband and I, we're actually going to golf together. Like, what do you got for me? And I'm sure they have a nice section for women that is just, I mean, it's, it's tasteful. It's tasteful. I sure as fuck would not wear a skirt, regardless of golfing or not. But no, I mean, I wear shorts or something. I mean, usually my dad would wear jeans or something when he'd golf, but occasionally if it was hot out, he'd wear, like, these shorts that would show off his pasty white legs. <laughs> the legs that never got any sun. Now, show me a swing. It's just like this. It's like a gag. I don't know how much ass wiggle he got. Oh, shit! She swung the dick. First time you swing a club, you get a birdie. Oh, she hit a bird with that? She flung it off the... Play golf with mom. You better wear a football helmet. Yeah. Yeah? The bird flew away. It sure gave me a dirty look. I'm sure it did. lucky you didn't do something else. What? Jamie, how was school? Is Paula doing any better? No. No. Would you believe she's deliberately trying to flunk? Deliberately? Why? She's self-conscious about being around the other kids. Well, that's understandable. I wish I could help her, but I just don't have the patience. That's your first problem. problem. Yeah, right. Wait a minute. How about a robot with the patience of Joe? Vicky, how could she help? Jamie, one of the reasons I designed Vicky was to help therapists in schools and hospitals. Really? She's stuttering. You know, her mother said that Paul's already had a couple of therapists. Yeah, adult therapists. I think a kid feels more at ease around another kid. Oh, yeah. And this is the perfect opportunity to test Vicky's potential. Uh-oh. I just had a terrible thought. What's that? What if it backfires and Vicky ends up talking like Paula? Suffering fucking <laughs> You know what's kind of funny is the fact that every time Ted comes up, like, with, there's a new situation with Vicky. He's like, well, that's one of the reasons I designed her, as he says here. Well, Jamie's like, she's deliberately trying to flunk. 
and she's failing, you know, Paula is and everything like that, because she's, you know, self-conscious about her speech impediment. So, and Ted brings up, well, what about, you know, Vicky maybe being, you know, helping her out? And Joan's like, well, her mom said she already had tutors, and Ted's like, yeah, adult tutors. Maybe she'd feel more comfortable if she was on, you know, a one-on-one -on -one kind of level with another, you know, kid. And he brings up, you know, that's another reason why, well, why I created Vicky was to help, you know, doctors and therapists with children, you know, help doctors and therapists help children that have, you know, disabilities. And he does specifically say speech impediments, and, you know, stuttering and stuff like that. And it's just like, he had, because this isn't the first time he's brought up one of the, you know, reasons he created Becky. It seems like this comes up whenever um, she does something that Ted's like, well, that's one of the reasons, or I designed her, or this would be a great way to uh, develop this type of ability, which I did program her for. Like, hey, let's test this out. You know, another reason I wanted to make it easier on us to do this, you know, and just all these many different facets of Vicky that she is able to do because Ted just put, like, any capability of something that we can't do that a robot could help us do is what he implemented and put into Vicky's system. And Jamie's like, I almost thought he was going to say, like, bring up, like, when he was with Paula and how he introduced Vicky to Paula and Vicky kind of repeated Paula's stutter and then Vicky ran, or, you know, Paula ran out. I thought Jamie was going to bring that up, but no, he's more concerned, like, well, what if, you know, Paula, or, uh, Vicky starts talking like Paula with the stutter, and then Joan's like, oh, suffering thuckatash, and she's like, oh my goodness, with that, enough with it. But even, but the fact that Jamie's like, I'm just running out of patience with her. It's like, dude, you're a kid, you don't have patience. And they keep bringing up the patience of Job. Like, this guy that clearly had a lot of patience. And I'm just thinking, dude, the way that you come off when you're working with her is someone that just is, is not giving her the time that she needs. And you're not, I mean, I'd be like, Jamie, put yourself in her position if you had a speech impediment. And that's just, I mean, the kids know that she stutters. And she still, it's like a self-conscious thing. She would rather fail than be embarrassed, which makes me think of the movie The Reader, which is also based on the book, of a, a woman who was, you know, an, an, a Nazi back in, you know, the, the 30s and 40s and stuff. And she had, well, a report that all the ladies, there's a whole thing with um, a church that they had, um, trapped the women in and everything and then they um Kate Winslet's character said we all wrote this report of how this all went down and everything and of course all the other ladies that are on trial that were with her when that happened they all turn on her and it's because because they want her they want to see her hand Kate Winslet's character's handwriting and match it with the handwriting from the report the thing is 
she is illiterate, Kate Winslet's character is, and she would rather serve a life sentence or however many years than admit that she cannot read and write. And even, I mean, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen the movie, you know, skip ahead like 15, 30 seconds, uh, she, when she is about to be released, um, you know, someone you know, like helps to get set up with an apartment and hopefully a possible job. She ends up taking her own life because the fear of being out there in the world is like whenever she was offered a promotion prior to that would require her to read and write, she immediately either would quit the job or turn down the promotion. And she ends up taking her own life because she is scared of what she's going to be asked. This is a fear, an embarrassment of not being able to read and just how that would make her look weak. And how Kate Winslet's character just would rather die or rather serve a life sentence than be seen as a weak individual because of her limitations of not being able to read or write. The re I got the reader is an amazing, amazing movie. It re I s believe I did see it twice in the theater. It is very outstanding. Kate Winslet, I mean, she is my favorite actress. I just love her just about everything she's done. Such a powerhouse of an actress. So let's see how this is going with the study session now that Vicky is involved. Hopefully, I feel that maybe we will get to the heart of the matter. I mean, I know it's only a 30-minute, 24-minute sitcom, but I just feel hopefully... I really... Sometimes it's just some of these episodes you feel cheated because you want a certain outcome or you just want an outcome, like, period. Like, I know I want to see how the golfing thing goes because they've, that's like plot B. And they spent so much time talking about it. And I want to see them say, like, okay, well, this is helping you. And, and maybe even her finally reading her report at the end of the episode with, you know, her working on the stuttering and stuff like that. Like, just see improvement. So let's see how this goes. Paula, Vicky can really help you. So you pay attention to her, okay? Okay. Oh, go away, Vic. Lock the door. Don't let her in. Hi. What do you want, Harriet? I came to apologize to Paula for making fun of her the other day. I'm really sorry. Sometimes I'm just a big tongue surrounded by shrapnel. Uh-huh. <laughs> Go away! I'm not your man. And he's about to shove your ass out the door. Your eyes sparkle when you're mad. Oh, go away. Okay, so he does explain to Paula that Vicky is going to be helping her. Like, just pay attention, listen to. I do see. Oh boy, I think this is gonna backfire. I see one of those bike horns, and I think. I get the feeling like whenever Paula stutters that Vicky is going to squeeze that bike horn and it's going to, I don't know, I, it could work or I, I just, I feel it's going to backfire. I really, really do that she's going to get upset and leave or maybe somehow it'll work. I don't know. There are so many methods I'm sure, especially, you know, 
in the last 30 some years, I, I definitely want to read up on like what are ways to help someone who is stuttering, like to help them, you know, overcome that. Uh, I think that this is just a interesting because you're dealing with someone who has a disability and the nature of this episode, it just seems very out of character for Harry to come over and apologize. Like, I'm sorry it was wrong of me to make fun of you. I just, my words get away from me. I'm all tongue and freckles. And it just, this isn't normal Harriet. She would never go and apologize for something that she did. Especially if she feels like she was in the right. Like, oh, I always get jealous when someone's trying to steal my man. And it's like, get the fuck out of here, Harriet. Lock that damn door! Especially if this is going on. If you're in the middle of a study sesh, like, you need to go. I don't have time for your shenanigans or your antics right now. We are trying to help Paula. And you, whatever you got to say or do is not important to me right now. And it normally never is, but especially right now, it's very inappropriate. But I just feel because of the nature of this episode, the subject with the, with this kind of sort of maybe after school special ish, a little kind of that they made Harriet apologize for, for the fact. It's almost like telling kids out there like, it's wrong to make fun of people, and if you do, you should apologize because everyone has feelings, and it's not good when you hurt someone's feelings. Okay, Vicky, do your thing. Oh, boy. Paula, we will start with what is called aversion therapy. Read this list of words. Each time you stutter, I will toot this horn. Okay. Car. Castle. You got it! Garage. Guest. We're doing it. Who invented this? Purple marks? <laughs> the idea is for you to hate the sound so much that you'll stop stuttering not to hear it. It's also used for overeating at fat farms. Oh, wow. I can see why it works. Oh, he's pissing her off. Exercise is called desensitization. Oh boy. Keep saying this sentence until it doesn't bother you to stutter. It's a tongue twister. Oh boy. Everything I say is a tongue twister. Peter. Oh, that one. Oh fuck. So, yeah, Vicky kind of explains what's going to happen. I honestly thought that little bike horn would be louder than what it is. It really, it's not. But, and the thing is that she's reading the words, and she gets one, like, she's really proud of herself for, like, the way she's so excited when she says this one word. And the fact, it's almost like she's wanting Vicky to rejoice in her, and like, yeah, you got it, that's great. But Vicky is monotone voice. She is just like, just keep going. And just the look of, 
like anger, almost like she's expecting Victor to say, good job, good for you, Paula, keep going. She goes, nope, keep going. And then she, this, <laughs> this just seems like torture. What, it, it also, it, it was in the Little House on the Prairie episode with, I think, was it Anna, the girl with the stuttering? In the little house, yeah, and she wanted to join Nellie's club, and Nellie like embarrassed her by having her read the Peter Piper, um, poem. That's another is Peter Piper, and what was the other one? There's like Sally sells seashells by the tongue by the tongue. <laughs> she sells seashells by the seashore. It's another tongue twister. I remember that in second grade. It's like trying to get through it without like blah, 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 you know that kind of thing. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's like, it, I swear it's like a torture device. And you can see Paula is getting really PO'd and frustrated. Because the first one is read these words without stuttering. And then the next one is read this tongue twister without stuttering to the point where you can't. I'm going to do this so much that you're going to hate it that you're going to force yourself not to stutter or something like that because the way that Paula is just like like practically shutting it's like it's taking every ounce of energy in her body just to say these words without the stutter well Vicky not only is he, she having Paula do these exercises she's saying when you feel yourself start to stutter relax the muscles in your mouth she says, when you feel yourself starting to stutter, relax the muscles in your in your mouth until you pull out, out of it. So these clearly are just not just exercises, but also ways to, you know, operate your, your mouth in a way. When you feel you're beginning to stutter, <coughs> relax the muscles in your mouth until you pull out of it. Begin. Oh, she's in a book. Tom... she's not a part of Jamie's schemes and stuff. They're actually having her help another person, which is awesome. And now we get to say, and, and the thing is, everyone's like with Mississippi. It's like, try spelling Mississippi. But she's like, how am I supposed to say Mississippi? And it's like, girl, you did it. You did it. Ah! So, yeah. And now she is practicing her, you know, Tom Sawyer report, which is awesome. She's practicing it for her mom and Jamie and Vicky and Joan and Ted and everything like that. And it's just, it's great. It's awesome. I'm so proud. I mean, I know this actress, you know, doesn't really have a stutter, but it's still, I mean, good, good job on the performance of the actress. I mean, that's, that's great. And besides being a very funny story, Tom Sawyer 
gives us an accurate look of a boy's life among the misty, misty, here we go again, Mississippi River. Thank you. There you go. You got it. I'm so proud of you, Vicki, and all of you. I can't thank you enough. Paula couldn't have done it without you. We're just glad we could help. She's going to be terrific in class tomorrow. Oh boy, let me guess it's Harriet. Ugh. Pizza delivery. Pizza? Who ordered pizza? Paula, it was one of the telephone exercises. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a great way to celebrate. How much do I owe you? $53.95. What? $53 for a pizza? What's on it? Solid gold cheese? <laughs> No, peppers, pepperoni, prawns, pimentos, pineapple, peanuts, popcorn, and pretzels. That's just the P's. Do you want to hear the H's? Oh, God! H? No. H? No. Hell no. So, yeah, I mean, it's so great that you, and, you know, and she's like, oh, here we go again with the Mississippi, but she got it. She got it. And, of course, you know, her mother hugs her and thanks everybody, including, you know, Vicky. For helping Paula, and of course there's a pizza, and it's fifty-three dollars. Oh my gosh! Good grief! That's like ten pizzas. That's like five pizzas. Oh man! So of course there's so many times because it's like puts on a solid, solid gold cheese. and the guy starts listing all like pepperoni, peppers. This and that, and then pretzels and peanuts, and uh, you want me to get to the H's? And he's like, no, 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 no. He's like, H, no, heck, hell no. <laughs> Don't, just give me the pizza. Here's your damn money. Get out of here. So, okay, we are going to hear Paula give her her report, which is awesome. I guess we don't get to hear about the whole how did the golfing outing go. I hope we do, but I swear if we don't get any payback for that, I'm gonna get or any payoff for that, I'm gonna be pissed. I'm gonna be pissed. If I said I'd give Paula Preston a chance to make up a book report. Are you ready, Paula? Go get him, Tiger. Yeah, go get him, girly. You got it. You got it, Paula. It's okay, kid. You got this. You got this. Can do it. Come on. That's all right. Come on. You can do it. No. No, it's not that. You can do it. Come on. Come on. No. Come on. No. Let's all read to the bell. No. Come on, you can do it. Master Vicky worked her butt off. You know what? You deserve to be made fun of. You've got no guts. What the hell? Yeah, you heard me. No guts. That's it. Do it. Come on, girl. You got it. You got this. I mean. Yes, Tara. Could I give my report? All right, let's do this. Yes, come on, girl, you got it. Come on. The book I've chosen is Tom's 
Sawyer by Mark Twain. All right. There you go. <laughs> it's about two boys who lived on the banks of the Mississippi. Hey, I said it without stuttering. <laughs> Woo! Good for you, girl. You got it. Even though Jamie was being cruel because she did, you know, she got up there, she saw all the faces and everyone looking at her and she she got scared. And then her teacher's like, you know what this means, don't you? You know I have to fail you. Which I'm like, why are you announcing in front of the damn class? So Jamie, as mean as it sounds, I get what he was trying to do by pushing her, saying, Vicky worked her butt off to help you. And you're just going to fail. Really. And then he, he's like, you know, people were right to make fun of you. And just, he's being cruel, but he's doing it to push her. It's like, prove me wrong, Paula. Prove me wrong. Get up there and give your speech, basically. And I love how he gives her the thumbs up when she raises her hand. She's like, I'd like to give my speech. And she does it. She gets through the word Mississippi. That's one of the words that she really struggled. And she did great. And she's like, I did it. I said Mississippi without stuttering. And it's so amazing. The kids all clap for her. And I just, I love it. It's like, ugh. That, oh, my God. This episode, I mean, I, I like this. So hopefully we get, oh, my gosh. Can you imagine if the ending is, that Joan's a better golfer than Ted. <laughs> and the guys are, like, inviting her to play with them instead of Ted. I think that'd be cool. Please say we get some payoff to that because they made such a big deal about it. Thanks for watering the plants, Vicky. After I watered them, I will talk to them. I heard on TV that it makes plants grow faster. Well, that never works for me, but go ahead and try it. Let me guess, she doesn't want to do it. Well, sounds like the mailman. Vicky, would you pick up the mail, please? Oh, no. Let me guess, she goes to pick up the mailman and bring him Dad, in. I, I've changed my mind about golf. Seriously? I mean, what? Yeah. Why? I decided the only thing I like about golf are the cute outfits. Marilla. <laughs> you know he does. We still do together on weekends. What might that be? Go shopping for more cute outfits. <laughs> <laughs> real payoff to it. She decides like, oh, I don't really, you know, after her first lesson, I really decided I don't want to do it anymore. I just like the cute outfits. She's like, but I have some other ideas of what we could do on Saturdays instead. He's like, oh, really? It's like, where are you going to start wearing that cute golf outfit in the bedroom? <laughs> and she's like, no, but you can buy me more cute outfits. <laughs> we can go shopping. <laughs> He's like, oh, okay. Because 
he tells Vicky to go get the mail. And of course, we hear from outside the front door, stop it, stop it, stop it, young lady. And of course, Joan and Ted run to the door. And it's like, Vicky has got this poor elderly man who's delivering the mail. She's like holding, carrying him like he's, you know, a baby in her arms. I'm just thinking, Vic, yeah, you knew. You knew that that's what's going to happen. I mean, how could you not, right? So definitely, I enjoyed this episode. It honestly has been a breath of fresh air. I just, I liked the message. I thought it was good. It was honestly, yeah, hold on a second. Let me go to, if I had to choose, because I really, I like the first episode, Chewed Out. My Mother to the Teacher, that was another good one. Um, 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 and Papa Paula. So far, of the nine episodes that I've covered so far, I, like, uh, the only ones I really like are Chewed Out, My Mother the Teacher, and Papa Paula. The other ones, like Who's the Boss, has got to be the worst episode so far of season two that I've covered. The Older Woman. Eh. Crazy Like a Fox. Home Sweet Homeless. Eh. Here Comes the Judge wasn't bad. Money, money, money pissed me the fuck off because it was about, had that fucking bitch Jessica in there, which apparently we got to see her two more fucking times before the end of the show. Ay, ay, ay. So, all right, let's see what episode I'll be covering for October, which is season one, episode 10. You gotta have our, you, <laughs> you gotta have heart, which is no, uh, aired on November 15th, 1986. The, oh, oh my God, this is going to be worse than the, who's the boss episode. Anytime with the whole Brindle fucking family. Especially Bonnie. Bonnie's the fucking worst out of all of them. I swear she is. The Brindles involve the Lawsons in their fucking squabble. But I did say I would be covering every single episode. So we'll all just join in on this torture session. <laughs> yeah, even Brandon Brindle. Oh my god. But Bonnie, I cannot stand her. Oh my gosh. It's going to be a nightmare fest for the month of October. <laughs> and then, of course, I did mention that I will be swapping. So the shoplifter is, is going to be in December. That's what I'll end December 2021 with. Vicky's called shoplifting because in November I'm going to cover the Thanksgiving story, which is Jamie learns the value of family. Excuse me. Um. Hmm, excuse me, on Thanksgiving. So, yeah. And then, of course, January 2022 is going to be Neighborhood Watch. After being burglarized while Vicky's home and they're at a restaurant, the Lawsons joined the Neighborhood Watch. So, that will be January. And 2022 is going to be basically covering the second half of season two. And then 2023 and 2024 is going to be season three. Uh, 2025 20, and 2026 will be season four. Oh my goodness gracious sake, I swear. Wow. That's so far in the future. That's like five years from now. Almost four and a half years from now. So, yeah. 
So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I honestly felt like it. this was a good episode. I, I really, really enjoyed it. This was a breath of fresh air. The things I wanted to have happen, happened. When we got resolution with the whole golf thing, even though I really would, I just thought it would have been cool if Joan would have went and she turned out to be a better golfer than Ted. That would have been amazing. But when we see her, you know, chuck that golf club out the front door, I'm like, eh, maybe it would have been better if you would have been at a golf course doing that. Oh, if you're the golf course, excuse me, I'm yawning, um, I think they want you to have some semblance of an idea of what you're fucking doing there. Like, don't throw our clubs around. We know you're paying for them, you're renting them, but don't break our clubs and putters. And nine irons and whatever else other names for clubs I can't think of. All right, I will see you at the end of October with You Gotta Have Heart season two episode ten. Have a great weekend, everybody. Bye bye.